the power of low ego mixed with high drive leadership. It's a concept called ambitious. We're going to dive into that on this episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast, and this is going to be a fun discussion today. We're joined by author Amir Kaisi. Amir wrote the book, Ambitious, The Power of Low Ego, High Drive Leadership. Amir, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, So excited to have you on. Such a fun read. I love the book. Uh, At its core, Ambitious. I love the title. It's about being humble. It's about being ambitious. How do you define ambitious? Yeah, you know, as, as you as you can see, the title of the book is Ambitious, right? It's not just humble. So the reason why I chose this title, other than its catchiness and the hope that it will help with sales, is that I believe that leaders cannot just be humble and hope to achieve high performance, right? They need to complement that humility with ambition and and several other important traits. You know, this idea obviously started with good to great and Jim Collins and the whole concept of level five leadership, right? So so they talked about that style that is based on humility that is combined with fierce determination. Jim Collins called it the yin and yang of leadership because those, those level five leaders are humble and ambitious but their ambition is for the organization, not for themselves. So they, they have no appetite for like seeking the attention, but, but they have this resolve to produce long-term performance for the collective. And in addition to that, un- under that general umbrella of ambition, I also put other qualities such as competence, taking action, greatness, and confidence. But let's talk about humility first. And and what is humility all about before we talk about the ambition part of it, right? A very important thing to remember about humility is is to talk about what humility is not. So humility is not weakness. It is not lack of self-esteem or low self-assertiveness. In fact, it is the exact opposite because humility requires strength, and courage and fierce determination, as we just said. Now, I like to define humility as having a true understanding of your strengths and of your weaknesses. As a result, we we think of humility, and the research shows that very clearly, as consisting of three main building blocks, right? They they kind of build on top of each other. The first building block is, is how you understand yourself. 
The second one is how you understand your relationships with others, and then how you understand your place in the universe. So if we start with that first block of, of how you understand yourself, you know, humility is first and foremost about having an accurate view of yourself. You know, Robert Adams, who's a professor of psychology at, at the University of, of California, Davis said, you know, to be humble is not to have a low opinion of yourself, but it's to have an accurate opinion of yourself. So as a humble and smart leader, you should recognize that you are smart, but you also recognize that you are not smarter than everyone else, or that you're smarter than the collective intelligence of the group that you lead. So let's say that, that you know, you have have expertise in strategy. You, you, you appreciate that, but you also acknowledge that you don't know everything about strategy and you still have a lot to learn. So again, humility is really not about deflating or inflating your abilities or your status. It's about understanding them just the way they are. And one way to know your strengths and weaknesses is through, these, uh, through discipline self-reflection. So we said the first block is, is understanding yourself, right? The second block is understanding your relationships with others. Once you are aware of your strengths and your personal limitations, then you can be open to new ideas and new ways of thinking, and you become willing to learn from others. The great organizational theorist Carl Weick said that the most important thing for a leader to say is, I don't know. Because that admission of I don't know in some situations forces the leaders to, to drop any pretense, to drop this macho posture that some leaders have and to start listening and exploring. You, you start then asking for advice. You seek and listen to honest feedback from others. And you even start soliciting some views that are contradictory to the views that you have. You know, this quality in, in the humility literature is called teachability. It, it's the willingness, willingness to admit ignorance to appreciate others' contributions and to learn from them. And that teachability entails having an open mind, a curiosity towards others, and understanding them and, and their views. So that's the second block, which is understanding your relationships with others. And then the third block is understanding your place in the universe. Now, that third block is a little bit deeper, but it's actually very important because humble leaders are aware of their role in the world. They know that they have an important role in the, to play, but they're also aware of their own insignificance, right? So, so you may be working on a great project and developing a product line that will significantly increase the revenue of your organization for years to come. But really, in the grand scheme of things, your impact as one human being remains insignificant. And you have to be aware of that. That, that third aspect of humility in terms of your relationship towards the whole world, we, we tend to call that transcendence. So very briefly, these are the three building blocks of, of humility. But as I started by saying, you know, we can't just have those on their own. They have to be complemented with confidence and ambition and strength and competence. One of the things that, that I like to do on this podcast is we dig deep into the great researcher of, uh, you know, and authors like you is to really mechanize these ideas. And so, you know, we obviously want all of our listeners to go out and, and, and check out your book, but give us a little bit more insight into the humble leadership in relation to self. You know, you broke it out into each of the, the, the pies. What is something that a person could do right now after listening to this podcast that would help them 
um, develop that humble leadership in relation to themselves. Yeah, you know, in, in the book, I, I highlight several practical and tangible ways that leaders can develop their humility and ambition. And I'll, I'll share a few of those with, with the listeners today. The first one, especially in relation to the self, is self-reflection and journaling, but with purpose. For example, after a success or a major achievement, right, you get a promotion, you get a salary increase, you get an award, give yourself credit, celebrate, enjoy it, but also take some time to sit down and reflect and ask yourself some hard questions and some questions that may be a little bit uncomfortable to ask. And these questions may include things such as, you know, who, who trained me and who mentored me and who allowed me to get to the point where I am right now? Who gave me my chances? How many people on my team right now are doing a great job and allowing me to look great? How did luck contribute to my success? Yes, I have a lot of achievements and qualifications and skills, but luck does play a role. How did market conditions contribute to my success, right? So all of these are, are questions that will help keep leaders grounded and humble. Again, humility is not about minimizing our successes and our strengths, but it's about accurately understanding them in order to know what we bring to the table, but also what other people around us are bringing to the table to help us with, with um, our success. So I'd say that's one of the most important practices for ambitious leaders, which is to reflect and journal and think about things, especially after the success that they've had. When you think about ambitious leadership, when you think about that, when you're connecting with others and, and, and in, in these days, you know, not everybody is lucky enough to be able to connect face to face. So you can be connecting over the phone, over, over a, a video platform. Um, right. What are some things that our, our listeners can do to be better, humble leaders when they interact um, when they when they feel like okay they're doing well on their own they're they're bringing their right self to the table how can they be better towards others? Yeah, you know this relationship with with others is is a crucial part of humble leadership and and as we said this is like the second building block. So so here I'll share a couple of of behaviors. One of them is seeking specific feedback and showing appreciation when you receive that feedback. You know, the organizational psychologist, Tasha Yurek, who talks about self-awareness, talks about finding people who are what she calls loving critics. So each one of us should have a handful of people who we know love us. They, they, they have our best interests at heart, but also who are not afraid to give us honest feedback. These are the people who should know what success looks like, but also should be close enough to us that they observe our behaviors on a regular basis. So what a ambitious leader would do is to go to these um, people, these loving critics, and consistently ask them for specific feedback. But don't just say and don't just go to them and say, and, you know, do you have any feedback for me? It has to be more specific. It has to ask about specific situations, such as, you know, did I come across as a humble leader in the meeting yesterday? Did I speak too much? Do I tend to interrupt people? Do I ask enough questions or do I tend to engage in long monologues, right? Now, if you haven't done this before, people maybe are going to look at you weird at first. But then if you do it consistently, they will understand that you mean it and you want to get that honest feedback. 
and they will start telling you. After you ask for that feedback and people start telling you, the key is that when they give you the feedback, don't become defensive. You know, this is one of those things that, that Marshall Goldsmith um, teaches, which is when people give us feedback, we tend to start justifying and becoming defensive. You know, no, no, you don't understand. I only did this because he said that, blah, blah, blah. Forget about all of that. To show up as a humble leader when you're asking for feedback is to appreciate the gift of feedback, even if you don't agree with it. So when people give you that specific feedback, you say, thank you. You have given me something to think about. So that's the first behavior um, in terms of dealing with others, which is to seek specific feedback and show appreciation when you receive it. The other behavior that, that I will um, recommend here is to listen to understand rather than listening to reply. You know, many of us believe that we are good listeners, but the reality is we are average listeners at best because we mostly listen to reply. When we listen to understand, we develop that open-mindedness, that teachability that we talked about earlier. And we model to others that we don't know everything and that we want their help. Because when I'm listening to reply, it's all about my big ego, right? I can't wait for you to stop moving your mouth before I jump in and tell you everything that I know, because I want to show you how smart I am and how knowledgeable I am. So listening to reply is really very self-centered and, and even arrogant. But when I listen to understand, I take myself out of my, the equation. It's not about me anymore. It's about you. I put my ego on hold and I truly listen. I quiet those voices that are in my head. And I'm not trying to prove myself anymore, but rather I'm trying to improve myself. I'm here to learn from you. And I come to every interaction, whether I am talking to the CEO of the company or to the new intern, I come to each one of these interactions with curiosity and humility. So, so that the second behavior that, that I would highly recommend that we start practicing is, is listening to understand versus um, listening to reply. You know, the first thing that I always like to ask is, is a little bit more about, you know, tell me really the what of, of what you're trying to accomplish. And you did such a wonderful job of, of linking everything together. I, I also want to find out more about the why. why. Why did this particular topic, why did the ideal of humility and linking that with, with leadership, um, why, why did that strike you so much that you spent so much time to put the, these pieces together? What do you hope to accomplish with this book? Yeah, you know, I, I wrote this book for, for leaders at all stages who really want to improve their performance, but maybe they're struggling with their own ego and, and they don't realize that, that humility and ambition are so vital for effective leadership. So, so my purpose from this book is that by the time leaders read it, they, they will change their mindset about humility and learn some new behaviors and some new habits that will lead to high performance. You know, the real reason why I published the book is because there is so much research on humility that most leaders are not aware of. You know, I felt that there was an urgent need for a book on humility and leadership that is both research-based and accessible to a large number of people because, unfortunately, most of the books on the topic are not based on evidence and data and science. But, you know, as, as W. Edwards Deming said, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. And I didn't want to be just another person with an opinion. And that's why I, I looked at the data. And Chad, there's 
tons of data on the topic. There has been a remarkable explosion in the research on humility in the last 10 years at least. Very good, robust research. The problem though is that most of that research is in articles published in academic journals that are not read by the average leader. How many average, how many leaders do you know, you know, people out there in the field that go on a weekly basis and read academic journals and, and you know, complicated academic research? There, are, there aren't many of them. So what I felt compelled to do is to sift through that research, that really good research, and translate it into everyday English and then combine it with some interesting stories from interviews that I did, as well as from my own coaching, so that it can be really put into practice by leaders in all organizations. So that, that was my main drive for writing Ambitious, is to bring all of that research that I'm aware of and that many academics are aware of, but that leaders out there in organizations are not aware of, and to show them that Really, this is the way to combine humility and ambition in order to reach high performance. What was it that surprised you in your research as you pieced this together? Was there anything that uh, that you put more stock in that turned out to not be as important or something that you thought wasn't as important turned out to be really vital? You know, what, what surprised me is that humility can actually be combined with confidence right? A lot of people think that humility and confidence are mutually exclusive. But the research shows very clearly that they can actually exist together. You know, people want to follow confident leaders who, have, who are decisive and who have a strong sense of direction and vision. However, if you're confident, but if you lack humility, you stay the course, but you don't see crucial input from others. Also, those, those confident leaders that lack humility may, may even force others to follow them, but in that sense, they don't get their full support. So, so one of the things that, that surprised me is that I learned that confidence is not the opposite of humility. We need to understand that it's not an either-or approach. It's an and proposition. You can have both confidence and humility because with confidence, you, know, you have the ability to set an audacious vision but you also couple it with the humility to know your vulnerabilities and to surround yourself with people who will challenge you so that you can achieve that vision. You know, here I'm, I'm reminded of the example of Steve Jobs, right? You know, Steve Jobs, everyone knows his story and, and his first stint at Apple, and then, you know, he gets um, fired, and then he comes back to Apple. What many people don't understand is that the underlying theme in that story is his lack of humility in the first stint and then some humility that he developed later on in the second stint. So, you know, originally when, when Steve Jobs started Apple and he was working at Apple, he was a narcissist. He was very self-centered. He was an arrogant. In fact, many people described his style as being a jerk. But then because of that style, he got ousted from Apple so he left, and then he came back in his second stint. In the speech that he gave at Stanford University in 2005, after he had come back to Apple, he, he reflected and he said, you know, he said, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. You know, 
the happiness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again, to be less sure about things. And, and he talks about how, how that freed him to become even more creative. And he says, you know, that, that was some awful tasting medicine for him, but the patient needed it. He needed it. What he's talking about here in terms of being a beginner again and not being sure again is humility. So what's interesting about Steve Jobs' leadership style in his second stint at Apple when he came back, you know, let, let's call it Steve 2.0, is that it sounds like it's a more humble style. Sure, he was still a narcissist, right? He still had a lot of confidence in himself, but that extreme confidence was tempered by humility. And, and you know, this may be a little bit hard to understand, and, and I, it took me some time to, to, to wrap my mind around it, is, is how do we combine, like, how did he combine narcissism with humility? But, in fact, they could be brought together because narcissism or extreme confidence on one side, right, that's excessive self-love and self-centeredness. But humble narcissism, really, you, you start bringing these new things together because the, the, the extreme confidence makes you take bold risks and you're persistent in the pursuit of the goals that you set for yourself. But now this newly acquired humility that Steve Jobs had allowed him to be more self-aware and to become a better collaborator and a more effective leader overall. So when he came back, he, be, he started listening more he started collaborating better with people. He started giving credit where credit was due. And that is a big reason why his second stint at Apple was way more successful, you know, with the iPhone and the iPad and, and all of the iPod and all of these things, rather much more successful than the first um, stint. So, you know, long answer to your question, but I was really surprised about our ability to combine confidence, even extreme confidence with humility, because really humility can temper that confidence. And this way we are able to see our skills exactly as they are, but we also to see the skills of the people around us. I love that part of the message. Uh, it's something that I try to take to heart every day that uh, despite where you've been, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, um, sentence you to that for the rest of your life. You can make a change today that will have resounding effects into the future. So Amir, as we're getting ready to kind of wrap this up, I always like to ask this one question and it's, what do you want the, the listeners, those that, that have joined us today, what do you want them to take away from our conversation? You know, I, I'd like them to take away from the conversation that, you know, humility is not a weakness, right? I want them to know that humility requires courage and strength. You need to be very brave to admit that you don't know in some situation or that someone on your team may know more than you. You need to be very confident in your own abilities to apologize for a mistake and to come clean to your team. So the, the major mindset shift that I'm, I'm trying to, to uh, you know, look for here is, is to think about humility as a strength, but also to know that we have to marry it with other traits such as ambition and confidence and, and um, decisiveness as we discussed. I love it. Amir Kaisi, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really fun conversation. If, if people wanted to dig a little bit deeper into you, where would you send them? Yeah, they can go to the book's website. It's ambitiousbook.com. So ambitiousbook.com, that's, that's where they can find all the information about the book as well as about me. Amir Kaisi, thank you so much. 
Ambitious, the power of low ego, high drive leadership. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Chad, what a joy it was to listen to your interview with Amir Kaisi. I tell you, uh, you know, I've been a big fan of Jim Collins and his whole concept about level five leaders where they are both humbled and uh, they have resolved to accomplish things, to to do some things. And it's really interesting when uh, Jim first did his research, he kept on going back to his research initially and said, how could humility be the second uh, highest trait of a great leader? And they kept on coming back and said, that's what the data shows. And Amir has really kind of studied this and found out that humility fits in closely, not by itself, but with ambition, with confidence, with with uh, the ability to to be a high performing uh, leader. And it's just fabulous to hear what he has to say because, you know, I talk about humility all the time because when I do initially, people think I'm talking about the inmates running the prison or trying to please everybody, but they don't realize that a humble leader is there because they believe in we, not me, and they want to get great results by working with their people. It's not all about them. It doesn't mean they don't have confidence, as Amir says. It doesn't mean that they don't believe in themselves, that they just know that together with their people, wow, can they accomplish great things. So listen to this interview it's a great one. Go out and get his book. I think it'd be really great to share with your people because humility combined with ambitious desires is fabulous. So go for it. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Amar.